Welcome to Faith Church Podcast, where we are a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will impact your life through today's message. So if you can open your Bibles up to the book of Romans, I love this one. This is going to be so good. So apples of gold today, ooh, good advice is like apples of gold and settings of silver. This is fantastic. Are you ready for some good advice from God's word today? Here is the word of advice for us today in this series, and it goes like this, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Some of you are already reading it. Here we go. Let's read it together. Romans chapter 12, verse 9, and the New Living Translation says, you just stop that right now. Sometimes God's word is too direct. I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. Romans 12, 9. Don't just pretend to love others. We'll just stop there for a moment. Ooh, you know this is going to be tough. Can I just say this to you? This is two weeks worth, right? I'm going to, no, let me say it differently. We'll be spending two weeks on this one. <laughs> so <laughs> there is no way I'm walking through this one in one week. So you get two weeks of this today. So this, this week and next week, we are going through this. And we're going to talk about the art of neighboring. We're going to talk about the importance of, well, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. You know, this goes to those moments where, um, again, if we were to be challenging, if I was talking about something different, you know, uh, just an internal question that that I'm sure we've all done it. I know I have. I've been guilty of it before. I know that the Lord has convicted me from time to time for this. I'll I'll say this and then I will forget and then the Lord will remind me and then I've got to make good on my promise. But it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, in the church world, um, when, when somebody's going through something, we, we have this tendency, and which rightfully so, to, to go to someone and say, hey, will you pray for me? And as good church-going people, uh, our, our immediate response is, yeah, I'll be praying for you. Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. But you know, there are times in our lives when, you know, you might be at the store or you might be in the middle of something. And so you're like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then life keeps going. You know what I'm saying? And then what happens is maybe a day goes by and then you see that person again and you go, oh. And as you're walking up to them, you're like, dear Lord, I pray for. <laughs> right? It's that, it's that moment like, oh, because you want to be able to be honest the next time you see it, be like, hey, I've been praying for you. Even if it was like 20 seconds before you said that, you know, oh goodness. It's not, we're not bad people. We're just humans. It's okay. We've all done it. I don't think there's anybody in this room that hasn't done that once in our lives. It's okay. But it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, I could rechange those words. Don't just say you're going to pray for somebody, really pray for them. Right? So in that type of context, you, you, you change those words back to the way God said them that don't, don't just pretend to love people really love them. Oh man, this is so hard. And, and it's one of those things where I think we've all, again, we're just human beings. We've all been in those spots where, you know, maybe you're in a conversation and some, somebody in that conversation just doesn't belong, you know, 
You ever been in one of those spots where it's like one person just doesn't belong in this conversation? Everything they say is a little bit sideways. Everything they say is a little bit off. And, and you're just like, okay. And then, you know, when that person walks away, you're like, what was that? We, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't. But, you know, it's those things where sometimes you can be like to, to their face. You're like, oh, man, it is so good to see you. But you know, like in your mind, in your heart, you're like, I'm okay if I never see you again for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is real. You're laughing because it's true, right? It's one of those things like, I mean, we could do this. I could go through so many different things. You look at this verse in Romans chapter 12. The advice for us today is, hey, listen, how about we just be true to what God called us to be? And let's not pretend to love people. No, 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 no. Our faith is not a facade. Our faith is not a mirage. Our, our faith is not a, a covering. It's not a garment that we put on, that we take off, right? Uh, our faith here, the reason we are here today isn't because uh, we feel like it's necessary to check the spiritual box for our life. At least I hope that's not why you're, I mean, I, I hope that you're here today, that you came to church this morning because you, in your heart, decided, I want to know God more. I want to experience his presence. I don't want to just say, hey, check in on Facebook at Faith Church. Right. Uh, it's, I hope it's more than that. I hope it's deeper than that. I hope it's one of those things where like you're here today, you're watching online because you realize that there are moments in life that matter. There are significant moments in the gathering of God's people to come together to worship and to dissect his word and to experience God's presence. Those, those are important moments in our life. Those are transformational moments. In fact, this Sunday, when this service ends, you'll never have this opportunity again. Now, you'll have another one. I, I, I'm not, you know, we're not closing the doors. I'll be back here next Sunday. Uh, but the reality is this Sunday, once this calendar day turns, it's gone. And so for us, we want to capture the moments, right? We want to be all in all the time. God, speak to us. I don't want to miss God in my life. I don't want to miss out. I mean, how often do we talk about in our lives? It's not that God's not moving around us. It's sometimes we just don't pause long enough to see him. Right? So our faith is much deeper. It's much more important than just church attendance. And it's the same thing with love. Love is not just something that we as, as quote unquote Christians do because God is love, so therefore we love. So often people walk with what we would consider a conditional love in our lives. There's a conditional love in our lives. It's one of those things where like, hey, listen, if you, if you say the right things, I will love you. But if you don't, we're gonna have issues. Right? Like, like, oh, goodness gracious. I mean, I'm sure there are people in our lives where, and it could be just the, the simplest little things. Can you take Romans 12, 9? And I don't know. Maybe there's a family member that has offended you in the past. Maybe there's a coworker that has offended you. Maybe there's a neighbor that you, I'm going to use some strong language here. Maybe there's a neighbor that you despise. Maybe there's someone from your past. 
right? And, and Romans 12, 9 says, hey, listen, don't just pretend to love others, but really, really love them. Oh, hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. I, I want to I look at something here real quick because I think it's important that this, this piece of advice, this challenge for us today um, is probably bigger than we think. It's, it's more important than, than I think we may understand. And I want to turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, I, want to, I want to read for you a portion of scripture where Jesus is talking. And, and we've heard this before. This is a very, very common scripture for us. We've, we've understand this exchange that's taking place. It's, a, it's an exchange about uh, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment, right? So you guys know where I'm going. You've heard this before. If you've been to church more than twice in your life, there's a good chance you've heard something like this before, right? So this exchange in Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to read here in verse 36 through 40. And it says this, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And remember, the law of Moses was, was the document, in many words, it, it was the document that defined their relationship with God. It was full of all the do's and don'ts, the rights and wrongs. It was, it was the document that defined their relationship with God. So he says, of all, of all the laws, of all the laws, of all the things, what is the most important commandment <clears throat> in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, quoting out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse 4, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment, which makes sense. I think we all kind of understand that one. That's a great, you know, in that context, it's really revolutionary what's happening, what Jesus is saying. It's a really cool moment. But for us today in 2023, this is one of these things that we can easily accept as truth, right? That the most important thing for us in our lives is to love God with all that we are. I think it's a, I mean, in a church service today, I don't think anyone in here would be shocked for me to say to you that the most important thing you can do in your life is to love God with all that you are. Right? I think in church, it's pretty safe for us to say that you're all, nobody's walking out of the church right now mad. I cannot believe he said that. That don't make any sense. Right? Like, like where would he get that from? You know what I mean? Like, nobody, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, my guess is, you know, growing up in America here, uh, I think if this was your first day in church ever. Right. If this is your first day. You've never been to church today. And if that's you, I'm, I don't want you to raise your hand. Um, but come see me afterwards. I'd love to introduce myself. But anyways, if this is your first time you've ever been to church, I think even for you today, you're going, hey, I get that. I, I can understand why you would say that. Like, love the God with love God with all that you are. That makes sense. OK, I'm in. That's, I'm good with that. Right. And then Jesus says this, the second is equally important. Oh, love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to this. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, listen, I'm going to... Uh, in, in my generation, there was a thing called cliff notes, right? And it was like the cheat code for book reading, right? Like you didn't need to read a book. You just give me the cliff note, you know, tell me what I need to know. Listen, this is the cheat code. I mean, think about this for a second. Jesus is saying, hey, 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 everything, the entire law, right? The entire law 
the, the demands of the prophets, listen, are based on these two things. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we know in Scripture, and we unpack, you know, there's questions later, like, who is my neighbor? And, and it goes further, and he tells the story about the, the, the good Samaritan and all that, and oh, next week, right? I'm going to give you that next week. But today, I want you to just capture this understanding of, of the entire law, the emphasis that Jesus places on these two concepts, so in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, when he says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. This, it's pointing back to this concept that Jesus says, the most important thing you can do, the most important thing you can do in your life is love God with all that you are and equally love your neighbor as yourself. Now, again, let's go back to this conditional thing we were talking about. Be like, okay, I can do that if. Like how many times have we put conditions on things? I, I, could get, I could get real specific today. You know what? Before I do, let's read another scripture. How about this? Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, I want to read a couple of verses here. We, did, we went through this in the Sermon on the Mount series. A little flashback here to somewhere around February. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Matthew chapter five. Oh, here we go. Verse 43. You ready for this one? Listen, check this out. Check this out. Jesus is teaching. Matthew chapter five, verse 43. I'm going to read 43 through 48. It says this. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yeah. Yeah. How many Browns fans in this room today? Reveal thyself. There you go. I stand here as a proud Steelers fan. Let's go. You guys are with me right now. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. I don't like you, Pastor Tom. How in the world can you be raised in this area and like the Steelers? That's what you're thinking right now. Some of you have lost respect for me. Some of you are like, I don't know if I could go to this church anymore. <laughs> this is the moment where people are storming out. What in the world's going on here, right? Goodness gracious. Here we go. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, oh, come on. Let's go Steelers fans around the world. Let's unite. This is our moment. I'm kidding. Uh, but it says this. It says, I say, love your enemies. Pray. Oh, goodness gracious. This is Seriously, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, oh my goodness, in that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives the sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you only, I'm sorry, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, I want to look at that verse right there. I, I'm sometimes surprised 
that many of the translations use the word perfect. There's a, there's a much better word, in my opinion, for this translation. The, the, the Greek word here is actually teleos. And it's the, the definition, some of the further definitions of this word, this word is used throughout the New Testament. And it's things like brought to completion, fully accomplished, fully developed, right? Fully realized, thorough, right? Complete. It's, it's this, it's here, so I'm going to use the word perfect now. Perfect in some point of character without shortcoming in respect of a certain standard. So it's not this line of perfection that I have to be perfect all the time. No, it's about completion, fully mature. Here's what I would say. God wants you to be complete. God wants you to be fully developed. God wants you to be mature. God wants you to experience him and know him and be transformed by him. God wants you to be complete and mature. And in this, he's saying, here's one of these things. If you just love the people that are nice to you, what in the world? That's the easiest thing in the world. That's conditional love. Everybody does that. If you just hang out with Browns fans all the time, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm gonna let that go. But, uh, but the reality is if you just love those who love you, or you, if you are only kind to those who are kind to you, then hey, that's pretty simple. If you're only nice to those who believe the way you believe or vote the way you, oh, did I just say that? Oh my goodness, if we're, only, if we're only kind to those who say the same things that we say and believe the same things that we believe, then what good is that? God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't just love people. Don't just pretend to love people. Really love them. Well, who do I love? God says, love your neighbor. That's as equally as important as loving God. Who is my neighbor? Your neighbor is everyone. The scriptures go on to say here in Matthew chapter five, he says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. What? God wants you to be fully developed, complete. This is so difficult because we're just humans. All right, can we just, can we all just take a deep breath for a second? Sometimes these phrases seem like a bar that is too high. This is why it's important for us to always find and follow, to keep going, to not give up, to keep seeking, keep finding, keep following. It's why it's important for us to have a deep relationship with God's word, a consistent relationship with Bible-centered friends, a transparent relationship with, with a mentor in your life. It's why we need these things, because, because God is, is wanting, think of, think of this for a second, God is wanting to make his appeal through you to this world. God, God's love is available to every person with breath in their lungs. So God is saying it's important for us to love everybody. To love everybody. Why? Because God loves them. Because God cares about them. Because there is not this conditional approach to Jesus. It's not like there's checkpoints along the way. 
right? It's not like, okay, hold on. If, if you're, if you're going to find Jesus, here's a few checkpoints along the way. The first checkpoint is you have to stop cussing. Then that's checkpoint number one. Checkpoint number, like, like, like sometimes we feel like there's these checkpoints you got to do this. And the, okay, now, now you are, now you are worthy of my love. Oh, now, now that's, now that you look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, now I can love you. Oh man. This is so hard. This is one of those, one of those things in Sunday school this morning, John Eversall was talking about, there's certain things that we will never fully accomplish. You just keep going, right? You just keep going. You keep going, right? And you just, you just keep going. And he was sharing this at our table in Sunday school, and, and it, was, it was such a good and inspiring and motivational uh, moment as he was just saying, you know, there's some, you just, we'll probably never accomplish that perfectly, but we don't give up. You just keep going. You keep growing. You keep loving. And sometimes when we get it wrong, the Lord will speak to us, the Holy Spirit, and then we, we course correct, we surrender to God, and we keep going and keep loving. It is so important in our lives. But here's what I want to do this morning. I want to really take just a few minutes, and I want to unpack for you what I believe is the, the greatest hindrance for us to loving our neighbor. I, I'm going to give you today, in my opinion, why this is so hard for us. Are, are you ready for this? The, the greatest hindrance to loving your, our neighbor is our feelings. Listen, the greatest hindrance we have to loving your neighbor is your feelings. Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit further. Okay, and I'm going to have them throw, uh, I think the next slide has three lines on it, hopefully. Um, throw the next, the, the next one. There we go. I want to walk you through something here real quick that is, it's just practical, right? Here's a, here at Faith, here's what we care about. We care about putting one foot in front of the other and saying, God, here I am. Help me to know you more today. I want to walk you through something incredibly practical today that is the reason why we struggle with loving our neighbor. Is because in life, there are these three things. You can write them down. Three things. We have biblical absolutes community standards and personal preferences. And this, these three things are always pre present in our life, right? These three things are every, everything you look at, every conversation you have, every bit of data that you process, you are gonna process that through the lens of biblical absolutes, community standards, and personal preferences. Now, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I, what I mean by this. What happens in our lives is we, especially as Christians, what we do is we take our personal preferences and we elevate them to biblical absolutes. And what happens when, when, when we do that, what happens, it, it causes division and it causes struggle. And that is the reason why we have a hard time loving people. Why? Because we don't understand why they don't think the way we think. We can't figure out why they don't act the way we act. 
There are sometimes, there's some people that have a set of logic, a perspective on life, and it is so foreign to us, it makes no sense at all. Right? And what happens is when we elevate some of our personal preferences to biblical absolutes, what happens is it causes this tension. Now, let me break it down for you a little bit, because most of us today, those watching online, probably not the ones in the room, we know you online. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not you. It's actually these people. (laughs) Oh, I was just for their microphone. I'm sorry. Uh, No, but the the reality of this is uh, most of us are saying, well, my personal preferences are biblical absolutes. Like my... I'm founded on scripture. So therefore, okay, I hear you. Let's walk through this together. Okay. So let's, let's start at the top down. Let's talk, talk about biblical absolutes. What are biblical absolutes for us today? Biblical absolutes for us in this world, as we are Christ's ambassadors, as we are his representatives, and as God is making his appeal through us, Biblical absolutes are things that we would consider undeniable truths. Now, can I, just, can I just shoot straight with you? I'm just going to be real honest. There are a lot of things that we here at Faith would call undeniable truths that the church down the road would have a different opinion on. You know, when, when I travel outside of Sandusky and talk to ministers outside of Sandusky, and I tell them that once a year we have a, a unity service where on a Sunday morning our sanctuary is empty because we, we, are, we head to a, a, a location, we go to Strobel Field and we have a church service. When I tell them there were 18 churches that closed their, their, their sanctuary on Sunday morning and came together for a church service, I'll be honest with you, in the church world, they, they don't know how to respond to that. It blows their mind. Why? Because people don't do that. I mean, get together on a Saturday, sure, sure, Saturday, cool. But Sunday, no, 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 Sunday, circle the wagons. Right? That's what we do, circle the wagons. And, and here's why, you know, if I have somebody speak to, to my people, I'm just going to, I mean, if I'm going to allow somebody to speak to my people, he better not mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, if you're going to get out there and preach, bro, let me tell you something. Let me walk you through a handful of things you're not going to talk about today. <laughs> right? Right? It is, it is one of those scary moments as a leader to surrender to the greater capital C church. But is it really? Right? So here's, here's what I'm saying is, is, yes, in our world, there are things that we believe and we believe them strongly. But I think it's also okay for us as Bible believers, as those who study God's word, to be okay with differences of opinions about some things. You want to you know why? And you want to know what we always retreat to? There was a book I read at one point. It's a, it's a business book a long time ago. Uh, it's called Crucial Conversations. And they talk about whenever a conversation gets tense, Whenever there's tension in the middle of a conversation, right, you need to re- re- retreat to a safe place, right? You can't keep pushing forward because it's going to destroy the conversation. You got to retreat to a safe place, right? So for us, where do we retreat to? Matthew 22. We retreat to what Jesus says is really the most, the two most important things for us. 
Love God with all your heart, with all that you are, and love your neighbors yourself. We can retreat to that because every church is going to be like, yep, we're good with it. We're good there. We're good there. Okay? Biblical absolutes are undeniable truths. In many ways, it's what the Bible says. Those are biblical absolutes. Now, for us here at Faith, we, we, will, we will never deviate from what we consider biblical absolutes and what the Bible says. This will always be the authoritative document for every conversation we have. I'll be honest with you, some of you guys have had these conversations with me. If there's a difference of opinion, if I say something from this stage that you disagree with, we will sit down in my office and talk about it. We've had those conversations with some people. And you know what you'll always find me doing? What does the Bible say? Let's study it together. Right? That's where I'm going. Because my opinion and your opinion in that moment don't matter. It's what does the Bible say? Now, biblical absolutes, whew, non-negotiables, right? But I think, again, in that world, we've got to be careful that we don't put everything that we want in that bu bucket. Because there are some, you could have some great theological debates and college campuses where those things belong or in small groups where there's safety in relationship. There are great conversations. I enjoy them, to be honest with you. I love to debate and argue. And so sometimes I love to just sit down uh, at a restaurant and, and go after it because it's fun. As long as at the end of that conversation, I can still hug you and we can love Jesus together. If we can't do that, I don't want to talk. Okay, so biblical absolutes. That's everything we do. We talk through, we understand biblical. Those are non-negotiables, okay? Now let's, let's rewind this, go a little bit farther down, and we're going to talk about community standards. Community standards are, community standards are community standards. I think we understand that. Community standards change from city to city, from home to home, from school district to school district, right? Community standards are different. Now, community standards, you know, your home may be different than our home. I've told my kids before, um, there's a good chance that your friends are going to be allowed to do things that you're not allowed to do. And I don't care. Now, I love you. But at the end of the day, I'm responsible for my family and my home. And I'm not letting other parents make decisions for my kids. Right? So that's just me, right? So, so community standards in the growth home are different than other homes, right? Community standards are, in many ways, what the community says. Right? It's what the community says. And those are very real things. Those change from country to country. If you've traveled the world, you understand that there are community standards. I can remember we did a missions trip in, in Argentina one time. And this, I, I was blown away by the reality that a siesta is a real thing. Now, if you've never been uh, to Argentina or El Salvador or some of the places that do, like in, in Argentina, there's about a two hour window in the middle of the day where everything shuts down. Like it is the, it is the craziest thing you've ever experienced. Now we as Americans, we're out in the park playing football and throwing stuff. Why? Because we don't know how to chill. Like we're always hundred, we're on the go all the time. But I'm telling you, I mean, the play, everybody goes home and takes a nap. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, stores close for like two hours in the middle of the day. I've never seen, I'm like, I'm hungry. Let's go to the store. Nope, it's closed. What? Walmart doesn't close. You know what I mean? Like, community standards, you go there, that's a different community, right? 
Listen, I, I, community standards, we lived in Columbus. Columbus was different than Sandusky. You know, when we first moved back home, here's one thing that, that I had to get used to again. You know, I was in Huron uh, and I had to get to Panera uh, to pick up lunch and then downtown to drop it off uh, for um, our cousins who had a baby, right? So, so we just moved home. And so I've been in Columbus and Springfield. And for me, it's like, you know, uh, everything's 30 minute drive. So uh, I'm like, I got to plan this trip, right? I got to get from Huron to Panera and then from Panera downtown. Okay. So I left Huron and I got to Panera about 25 minutes early. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that, that trip took me three minutes. <laughs> right. And I was like, I'm about to get used to this. And now I'm like, from my house, I'm like, man, do I want to drive all the way over to Lowe's? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I am. I'm going to Lowe's. But I'm just like, man, it's all the way across town. You know? Like, oh. It's like, you know, I grew up in Castalia. People are like, oh, let's go all the way out in Castalia. Like, it's a six-minute drive, people. Right? You know, you know what I mean? But community standards, they change from community to community. They change from home to home. They change from nation to nation. Community standards is what the community says. Now, personal preferences, personal preferences are exactly what they are. They're personal preferences. What are personal preferences? Personal preferences are what my feelings say. Your, your personal preferences are what my feelings say, what my feelings tell me. Like, for instance, in our house, you may know this because it's a common joke in our house, uh, but we, we don't use uh, condiments in our house. Like, we don't ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise. They are not a thing in our house. Like, we don't use salad dressing in our house. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> I prefer my lettuce to take like, like lettuce. I don't, I don't know. You know anyways, um, but we don't, we don't use those. So every summer when we know we're having people come over, we've got to go to the store to buy ketchup or mustard. If not, I, we'll pull the burgers off the grill. And like in our house, you will have burgers and mac and cheese and some French fries and buns. Maybe some lettuce and tomato. Depends on how much time I have. Right? Or me and you. And so... And somebody's like, hey, do you have any ketchup? Oh. Well, luckily we live in Sandusky and Kroger's is two minutes from my house. I'll be back in seven minutes, right? I'll have some ketchup. But, but personal preferences in our house, we have personal preferences. We don't, we don't do ketchup. And, and I know of, you know, you know, I went to five guys recently and I know I don't need any ketchup. And we've had this joke and you guys know where I'm going. Don't ever break out the vinegar ever again. I am, I am planting my flag on that one. That is, that is not of the Lord. I'm kidding. No, but, but the reality is like, we can laugh about those things. Why? Because personal preference is a personal preference. What happens and the reason it is so hard for us to love our neighbors is because our personal preferences get in the way. What happens in our life is our personal preferences become the greatest hindrance to loving our neighbors. Because what happens is we look at them and they don't have the same preferences we have. So what happens in our human brains and our human hearts is we say, mm-mm, I need to keep, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. 
And the Bible tells us to don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. And I think what I would say to us today is, especially in the season we live in today with the conflict and unrest of this world, I think what the scriptures are inspiring us as a church to be is genuine. Right? It's, it's these things where I don't feel like it's okay to go to church every week and not treat people well. I, I just, maybe call me simple, but I don't think it's okay to call ourselves Christians and judge people all the time. I don't think it's okay for us to get on Facebook and tell people what we think. You know, this world, social media has created this, you know, if you've been here before, you know my tension with social media. But it, it, is, it has taught us that your personal preference matters too much. In fact, we have, we've created camps and arguments around personal preferences in a space with no consequence, right? I mean, social media has permitted us to say whatever we want to say, whenever we want to say it, without any consequences in our life. I mean, sometimes if you were face-to-face in some settings, you'd get knocked out for some of the things people say. Now, not not us. We love everybody. I'm just (laughs) saying. I'm kidding. But we, we are so... We have have become accustomed to communicating our feelings, not research. We have become accustomed to communicating how we feel and not the biblical absolutes that we know. And what are the most important truths? What's the most important law? What did Jesus tell us? Love God with all that you are. And love your neighbor as yourself. So Romans chapter 12 says, hey, as a church, can we hear it faith? Can we become a church that doesn't pretend to love people? Can we be the church that really loves people? Regardless of the way they look, regardless of the way they act, regardless of the way they speak, regardless of of their background, regardless of their choices, can we be a church that will love them as a human being, understanding that God loves them, understanding that God may just, may just make his appeal through you to that person. God may just be choosing you in that moment, in that time to reflect his glory, to reflect his goodness, to reflect his grace to a world that is hurting. Can we, not, can we be the church that doesn't just pretend It doesn't just have nice social media posts. But a church that when it it comes down to it, really loves people. A church that really loves your neighbor, really loves your coworker. Or take it to where Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, how about this? How about a church that loves your enemies? And a church that prays for those who persecute you. That's tough. Can we today make a commitment to say, God, I'm committed to finding you and following you. I'm committed to putting one foot in front of the other. God, help me. Can we just say it that way? God, help me to truly love. Can we stand this morning?
I wanna encourage you this morning, as this is a very, very difficult word. It's one that is a constant journey. It's one that we will continue to put one foot in front of the other. There will be moments when we get this right. There will be moments when we get this wrong. But can we take the words of Jesus and be a church that loves him with all of our heart, with all that we are? Can we surrender our hearts? Can we surrender our personal preferences to Jesus? And let the main thing be the main thing. Let the most important thing be the most important thing. And let Jesus be the most important thing in our life. Can Jesus be the focus and the intent of our hearts? Can Jesus be the focus and the intent of our conversations? Can Jesus be the goal? Can Jesus be the one that we are so passionate to talk to people about? to reflect his glory, to reflect his goodness, to reflect his kindness, to reflect his love to a world that is hurting, to a world that has seen a lot of pretend love. Can we be the church that is genuine and love people as ourselves? Thank you for joining us today. We hope that God spoke to you through today's message. If you wanna know more about Faith Church, Text CONNECT to 419-664-4555. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening, and may you find and follow Jesus in all you do.